Hello and welcome to the Rangers Rundown, the only podcast that has ever thought to put two hosts in the same place. Uh, I am Mike, and I'm joined tonight by Max. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah, and also Hayden's here. I'm at my usual residence. Yeah, by here I mean elsewhere, like a scrub. So why are you here, Max? Um, I've been kidnapped and being held against my will, please. (laughs) I told you not to say that. (laughs) The greater Arlington area help. Uh, no, I'm making uh, the pilgrimage this year. I haven't been to the temple in uh, 22 years, I think. My wife has never been to a Rangers game, so I've come up for the weekend, and I'm taking a vacation, whether my supervisor approves it or not. Ew. So, I might have a lot more time to record starting next week. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start doing a twice-daily podcast. <laughs> We're going to generate content one way or another. If I have to streak tomorrow, I will... Do it. That's right. Not print off any Rangers rundown underwear there, so that's going to be a little bit more problematic. But I can like like write something out, like get some sharpies. There you go. Yeah. And for me, it's going to be a baseball intensive weekend because I'm going to the game with Max tomorrow and his wife and my daughter, and then my best friend's coming up from Houston on Saturday, and we're going to go to the game on Sunday, which very well could be the last time for me to see Adrian Beltre play live. Yes, Max is crossing himself. It's a very sad, sacred moment. I'm sure I will tear up. I just I want to be there. I'm just, mm-hmm. I want to see him come out of the out of the dugout, wave his cap to the crowd, and have a standing ovation. I hope they have a good oh gosh a good showing. Yeah. I really hope they have a good showing. I mean, and again, it's 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 not definite that this is his last year, but there have been a lot of signs that have pointed to that. So. Um, we will see. Yeah, that, I mean, you already have me, like, I, just you talking about that, him, you know, getting a, getting a standing O and a curtain call and all that kind of stuff. Ooh, just you talking about that kind of, uh, makes it a little too real right now. Um, he's, he's the best player of this era. He's everything that we needed and more, um, exceeded expectations, um, beyond, beyond what we could conceive when we signed him just because we missed out on Cliff Lee. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, like the, like it, there's an end to everything with the fact that the end might be this weekend is, uh, it's, it's, it's a very real like fan to athlete moment, um, that doesn't get to happen very often. Um, so we'll see if it's the, if it's the end and, um, if it is, I'm glad that you will be able to be there and kind of let the whole moment wash over everyone there and just be part of that. What it reminds me of is Nolan Ryan's last game. <clears throat> I was a huge Nolan Ryan fan back in the game. If my daughter had been a son, his name would have been Ryan. Just, you know, worship the guy. And just random, I was, I was out with my ex um, shooting pool and watching the Ranger game on TV while we were there and he was due to be back home the following week for the end of the season we knew this was going to be his last season he was 46 years old and I think it was the first inning he blew out his elbow and immediately had to come out of the game and it was just it was shocking that you didn't think it was going to be the last time you are going to see him play and there it was I was like that's it 
no more. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and we could we could see that this this uh, this weekend. So yeah, it, it's it's interesting to me because um, you know uh, with his home run that he got yesterday, he tied Stan Musial and um, oh dang it, I'm Willie Stargell. Yeah, Stargell. Right. Uh, for 475 on the list and pardon me for not remembering but when I looked at the list of the top home run hitters there are only two players between Beltre and 500 and I think they're both around like 490 493 somewhere in there and it just it struck me as odd but then I then I thought you know what no it's not really odd if you get that close you're going to find a way to keep playing And, and that gave me hope that maybe he does look at it and say, "I got an outside shot at getting to 500 next year." You know, if he just gets three more dingers, you know, that put him 22 away. It, it's it's within reach. It, it could motivate him to come back. I I I, I go both ways on it. it it's it's mm-hmm. really funny. So, it's like looking at the list, the guy with the fewest home runs who has at least 500 is Eddie Murray with 504. So there are two names ahead of him between Beltre and 500. Both have 493 home runs, which yeah. is sort of weird. Yeah. Uh, they are Fred McGriff. Crumdog. And Lou Gehrig. Oh, wow. So well, we know what stopped Lou Gehrig. Yeah. <laughs> he was so close. It's like, that's that's some pretty good company. Of course it is. Ends. It's a little weird, like, how these groupings come up statistically. That you have a bunch of guys who've got to, like, 450, but then couldn't get over 475. And then right. guys who came so close to 500, but for different reasons didn't. Yeah, but between 475 out. and 500, that's a span of 25. There's only two guys there. Yeah, there are three dudes at 475, one at 473, Carlos Delgado. Okay. Who loved me some Carlos Delgado back in the day. But then you have 475 at, at Stan Angel and Will Stargell and kind of this... Beltray guy and 25 home runs is really hard to imagine given where he's kind of been the last year and a half or so the last month has been good but it's I think the that dream it, at least yeah, come back I think, one more time I think if he comes back it'll be as a DH and I think if he does that he should be able to you would think maybe have enough juice in his legs to, to hit 25 home runs but we'll see. Well, but if he's only playing DH, then there's a lot less chance of him pulling that hamstring. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it's it's still possible, but if with him not playing in the field, if he were to avoid stints on the DL, mm. he, I think if, it's very possible. If if he could get, I mean, with where he's at right now, if you give him an extra 500 at bats, if you give him 500 more at bats, I think he gets the 25 home runs. Because I think that also there'll be a we'll, we'll probably not be in contact contention next year so he probably doesn't really need to worry about like uh you know getting the base hit that moves the runner over he can just like sell out and just try to hit dingers in like august and september and get 500 i think so i think he was just right now every swing is a fall to one knee swing for the fences like on yeah every pitch like so every what pitch you play like gallo <laughs> if he pitches out to first base if the pitcher throws to second to check a runner i want belcher swinging like <laughs> okay, well, in that case, does does Beltre have twenty five swings left in him this year? <laughs> I mean, because really, really, he just I, needs. I, I predicted it. You remember, I predicted this. Yeah, he just needs twenty five plate appearances over the final ten games. He's, so it's every been time the pitcher throws it's the ball done. back to the umpire to get a new ball, I want Beltre swinging at it. Like I want him swinging at everything. <laughs> yeah. Or he could, you know. Here's the funny thing is that Beltre has been quoted as saying that he doesn't want to announce ahead of time when he's going to retire because he doesn't want to go to every ballpark and be giving 
be given a rocking chair and, and the Ugh. stupid fanfare. He's not into all that of that. Yeah, I do too. And and it is it is stupid. And for you Bet- uh, Mavericks fans, Dirk is the same way. He just he shies away from that. And the odd thing is, if he did say it was his last season, you know, there might be some pitchers be inclined to just groove one right down the middle for him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess this we're gonna to have to wait how this see how this uh, season plays out. Didn't someone say that about was it Jeter's uh, like three thousand hit right? Didn't he get a home run with three thousand? He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And I think I want to say the pitcher has something about like I mean, you know, you know what the situation is. You're just kind of tossing it in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which. Whatever. Uh, they're, they're if, if, it's gonna be, if it's gonna be your claim to fame, why the hell not? I mean, yeah, that guy right. got a newspaper article. Just like, I don't know who that was, but just like uh, Mike Bassett gave up yes. Gary Bonds' home run. Like, yes. Hey, you know what? He's gonna be in highlights for the end of time. So <laughs> he's like, I'm on TV. He's like a <laughs> he's like a career one win pitcher, but he's associated <laughs> the with the like greatest hitter of all time. People. He's like 60 years old. He's dragging his ring. He's like, No, I'm on Sports Center. They're like, That's not really you, Grandpa. I'm there, damn it. Yep. I'm right there. Doing things. He couldn't have done it without me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, although, uh, was it John Boys with SB Nation had that article of like what would Barry Bonds have done yes. if everybody was played appearances, he didn't have a bat? Yeah. But the pitcher didn't know they didn't have a bat? It's like, yeah. how good a season would it be if he only walked and then, un- like, played appearances where he struck out swinging on balls outside the zone that like, gave him the walk anyway? Mm-hmm. And he still has like one of the like twenty best seasons in the history. Of the game. <laughs> yep, great. It, it was, it's a Talk great, about a hypothetical. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> sequence. I highly encourage everyone to go pull that up. Pull up all of Barry Bonds content. play without a bat or whatever. Yeah, I mean, all the talk about Beltre is cool because it just leads naturally into discussion that I think all Rangers fans have been just itching to have for years. Which oh is how much money are we throwing at Jerks and Profar this offseason to extend them to play a third base? Which is a lot dumber or less dumb now than it was a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty eighteen. The uh, the takeaway for me is is I mean, big picture. You, you, the season's about the young guys. Gallo kind of is more of the same. Still really high on him. Mazzara kind of more of the same. Still kind of low on him. Yeah. Pitching is pretty bad across the board. Kind of inconsequential. Except for minor. Picture. We did have one good pickup. Minor, minor's, minor's been uh, a step in the right direction. But He's big a picture. Stud. Yeah. Uh, he's a uh, stud on this team. Okay, hold on. In in the second half of the season, when he started to put it all together, I mean, he's been a phenomenal pitcher. Yeah, I don't have any of the numbers to support that. <laughs> 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 but no, seriously. I mean, we're talking about a sub three ERA over a really long stretch from from what I recall seeing. I mean, it, it's it's you know, it's it's not a Chris Sale stuff, but it's he's been very good. Yeah, he's been good. He's been good. Um, so Mike Miner notwithstanding, pitching has been pretty much completely useless and inconsequential for future uh, like playoff teams. Um, but Profar has been he came into the season Profar and Odor, but for different reasons. But Profar comes into the season being like, all right, looks like you're gonna kind of get to play a lot. Maybe Elvis breaks his elbow in like the tenth game of the season. He gets to start playing every day. Odor goes down. He continues to play every day at second base. Beltre has his legs bite him in the butt. I guess literally his butt bites him in the butt. Um, he plays a lot of third base, and he's just been playing. He's he's been uh, been forced 
into action and getting his chance, you know, some would say finally getting the chance to play every day and not play sporadically, which I think there's something to that. Um, but he's been really good, and um, personally, I think that he would make a great third baseman, just if you want to pencil him, pencil him in there. Um, it's not, not like we have anyone else that's waiting in the wings. Well, we might have IKF, which we can talk about later. Um, okay, I, I, a utility guy, converted guy, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about we don't have anyone at double A or at high A or okay, at low yeah, yeah, A yeah. that we're going, this is the third baseman of our future. There's no one there. It was going to be Gallo. Remember that? Until he said, "Until he said, third base sucks." <laughs> yeah, hey, this is actually garbage. That was it's this certain season. apostle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the yeah. long. That shows the the length of the baseball season. It was Willie this year that we third baseman. Who knows? <laughs> oh dear God! Oh dear God! <laughs> the humanity. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch I can, it. I can just see uh, Willie playing shortstop and just having every ball to his right or left just be a little bit outside of the stretch of his glove. Just, just like, oh, a little, just, little oh, bit outside. He just can't get there and reach it. It'd be kind of uh, like a, the, the pad me <laughs> yeah. reference. Yeah. Pass a diving Michael Young. Perhaps uh, yeah. one uh, uh, reaching, reaching Willie Calhoun. Uh, Profar, anyways, been really good. I, I feel confident about that. How much time does he have left on his contract? Is he two years of control after this year? Should be. I think so. So that would make him 26 next year, 27. So he'll be 28 as a free agent. Um, I don't. And, his, and Boris is his agent, right? It wouldn't surprise me. Yes, it I'll is. look at this research I did beforehand. Um, it's Boris. Yeah, yeah. So usually takes those guys to free agency. I doubt that Profar is going to want to sign an extension that would cover him through his age thirty season. Um, you know, to where that when he when that contract expires, he's on the wrong side of thirty. But who knows? Uh, I would I would be in favor of locking him up for a little while and having that be some sort of stability uh, on one part of the diamond because uh, and then he can play uh, first base of course he can play all, all around the infield um, so aside from his kind of fulfillment of the bat he's obviously capable of playing defensively and it's kind of like uh, reminds me of like the the Cubs or the uh, the Dodgers and how they just have players that can play every position it seems like uh, and you can plug around uh, different players and depending on the, p- the, the pitcher right handed left handed um, whoever's injured, whoever is dinged up or something, you need to got to play second base tonight. Kind of makes your your roster really open up. So versatility, hitting well, young guy, he's got the smile. Yeah, good good and stuff. The switch hitting is actually. I mean, I don't know that it, I don't know that switch hitting matters as much as we'd like to think it matters. I don't want to look into that like statistically. Yeah. I think it's great. I love switch hitting. Like I, I've always been sort of mad that the Rangers didn't field more switch hitters. It's something that I always like really look up to in, in players. Um, but I think that is a useful element that Jerickson brings that nobody else is bringing to the roster right now, which is, right. I think it's a valuable thing. Yeah. And I, like, I think one of the things that's been brought up a couple times about Profar is that his season numbers are still just not like super impressive. It's a 106 OPS+. Plus. Um, he's batting 254, 337, 457 just under an 800 OPS, which is, you know, it's fine. It's a little bit better than league average. The thing is, though, outside of April, March... Uh, league average is what, 750? 
So he had a 700 OPS. Yeah, between 7, 725 and 750 is my understanding. So he's, he's definitely above league average. He had a 700 OPS in April, March over 20 starts. In May, he had 28 starts with a 751 OPS. Every other month since then has been 800 or higher. Yeah. June, nice. 825. July, 16. August, 865. September, October, 802. Nice. I mean, so his his season, you know, it's like, oh, his season was for being held down, and, you know, it counts. It, he wasn't super great in April, March, but he was also playing shortstop, which was clearly kind of messing with him a little bit, because... Whoo, you could not make those throws. Oh, gosh. Didn't like the shortstop so much. No. Yeah. Yeah. He's been a good hitter, though. He's He's been a generally, like, quite good hitter. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having him on the team when we get good again. There's a place for him, you know. Like I said, probably third base, but, you know, we talked about it uh, before the podcast. There's still the opportunity for Elvis to opt out both at the end of this year and at the end of next year. Yep. If he comes back next year fully healthy without having to deal with that elbow, you know, if he has a breakout year, he may decide, you know what, I'm being underpaid. Mm, and there you've got possible. someone waiting in the wings. So. Yeah, it and I think is that possible. elbow injury really affected him more than it seems. I mean, he came back from it and has played but I thought it was really really optimistic his recovery time and I talked about it when the injury was first announced that like an alacranian fracture like that usually results in more time spent on the DL and he hasn't looked like the same player that he was the last two seasons no definitely not so maybe he just needs another off season to you know fully rehab that and get himself kind of back in the same mindset he was in the last couple of seasons and, and see if that, that brings that offensive production back around yeah i agree i think that i think that uh leg kick elvis if that extended into this season then you'd be looking at a chance of him opting out but especially since he has the opt out after next season there's really no reason to kind of see if the grass is greener this year just right. see if see if you rake next year and then it becomes a legitimate possibility you know how I really hope rakes next year everybody on the Rangers Carlos Tochi oh yes <laughs> Carlos Perez light up high A high A yeah it's gonna be real good uh, no the guy I want to see be good is the dude who's been really really garbage for a little while now. Cologne. Root man of door. Shut, shut. Uh, man, I had just pulled out my Rude door shirt and I've been <laughs> wearing it proudly. You had to put it back in the closet, didn't you? Now you're going to. No, it's 1,000 plus he's, he's, OPS in July. He's two for his last 20. Is, is that what I saw? He's got a 100 batting average over his last 20 at bats. Nah, he's all right. His last 15 games, it's a 186, 246, 271. Yeah, he's kind of reverted back to his old ways. That's okay. The the season's over. I don't care. You can't tell me any kind of number that will make me worried about it because I choose to live in the world that I want to live in. <laughs> and that that world is that Rugnet Odor is the most exciting player in the American League. That's the world that I live in. It's the world of pink, fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. Exactly. <laughs> See, so you've been there. My daughter has played me this soundbite, so yes. Yeah, there you go. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And if you ever want an earworm, if you haven't heard that, just YouTube it. it it'll it'll drive you insane. Inside oh, of five minutes. Thanks for the wreck. Appreciate you bet. it. Yeah. So yeah, Odor. Um, 
you know, uh, Jekyll and Hyde sort of. But hasn't he had enough uh, goodwill this season already built up to where you can just kind of chalk it up to an ebb and flow kind of deal, small sample size, just everybody has baseball's hard kind of deal, right? In my honest opinion, no. Oh, no. No, because he started the season exactly the way he ended last season and spent the entirety of last season. Mm -hmm. You want to end on a high note. I mean, Gallo last year and hopefully Gallo again this year will will show the second half he dominated. And and there wasn't that, at least not a, a very marked decline in the month of September for Gallo last year. I, I you know, again, don't know this, the stats to back me up, but Ruggie looks just as bad as ever right now. And, and, and that, that bothers me. I mean, it's like, what do you just turn it on and you turn it off? Is it just when you want to do it? I, I, I don't understand that. You know, you, you have all the tools right there in front of you. You've got Chew right there to help you understand how to become a better hitter. Why did you forget that? Because, you know, Beltre didn't forget that. Beltre is dominating in September. You know? I don't know. It frustrates me. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have the fun stuff, which we can talk about too, just to spice it back up and all of that. Um, Ruggie now has over 100 home runs before he turned 25. Okay. He's like the 45th player in baseball history to do that. Nice. That's he fun. also has 50 steals. And so I think it's a, a much shorter list that's going to have both 100 dangers and 50 steals. That's fun. Before the turn 25. So we can just stop talking about his career. He did a good good thing. Uh, Tune in next decade for the retrospective. (laughs) Please, no more Mazzaro start hitting home runs. I'm going to say that right there. Wait, let me, let me, um, let me just shit. No, 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 no. Let me, I'm going to do, I'm going to, we're going to do a blind test, okay? Okay. And these are going to be numbers. So each of these is uh, going I to be... These. I hate Oh, these. this is going to be good. Okay. I'm awful at this game. And the fact that the, the player pool is open to the entire MLB. Oh, uh, there's no way. So... Yeah. Bring it. So here, here we go. Okay. So player A. And, and so these will, these will each be for month splits. So they're, they're not the same month, but for a month at a time. There's going to be this. I mean, how random can you get? No, just listen. (laughs) We're going to get this. It's going to make sense. We can ask for some clarifiers. It's going to make sense. Okay. Player A, uh, their slash of 186, 246, 271, OPS plus of 46. Okay. Player B, 144, 252, 278, OPS plus of 47. Now, okay. there's no chance you're ever going to guess that. Okay, well, Player, over what not. time frame? The whole season? Uh, over no, a month. you said a one-month split. One month split. Okay. We'll, we'll ju- we'll just... That could be, be anybody. Okay, okay look, well, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Player, Player A, I'll, I'll, we'll just put it this way. We'll put it this way, just the OPS. Month split. 517. Player B is 531. Player A is Rugnetto Door in September. Player B is Paul Goldschmidt in May. So, log off, Hayden. I'm just, <laughs> look, look. Paul Goldschmidt over a span of 26 games Was had a batting. Paul Goldschmidt had a batting yes. average. Look, look, no, 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 no. Let's tr- let's trade no, Odor for no. Paul Goldschmidt. 
Look, you it can't. Makes total sense. No, no, no. You can't. <laughs> what is you can't. With Paul Goldschmidt have? Actually, a lot. He's just a lot of bases. Look, you can't tell me that you're that you're afraid of of Rugi, you know, jumping off the ship again and like what's going on? Does he not care anymore? When Paul Goldschmidt, for double the sample size, had did the exact same thing, but then oh yeah, he's Paul Goldschmidt. He turned it around. He had an OPS plus of 228 the next month. That's not Rugi's ceiling, but still, like his ceiling is still being a 150 OP, uh, OPS plus guy. So it's my, still my in there. Problem, oh, my, problem with that, my problem with that comparison is you know the regression to the mean because Paul Goldschmidt is Paul Goldschmidt, and yeah, I would look at that more as a statistical anomaly for his performance, sure. whereas with Odor, I would say it's closer to his true, real performance. Maybe. And that's the big difference for me. Maybe. Yeah. Again, the, the Again he I, can turn it around, but but it's just, it's discouraging. Yes. That's, well, that's the, all it is. The world that I choose to live in, in believing who the true Rugi is, is the guy that had an OPS plus of 176 in July and 142 in August. Somewhere in between that, so I'll settle at 150. To me, that's the real Rugi, and I know that that's uh, not what last year says, and that's not what wait, the beginning like and end of this. Real as year. in real happy Dreamtown? No, 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 no. That's like that's freaking Rugi, dude. Like, like he's just that's gonna not, be a 150 hitter. He, no, 150 OPS plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You think he's a 150 <laughs> OPS plus hitter like just normally? No, 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 no. That is the world that I want to live in, where it's like, this is Rugi for a whole season. I think that he can do that. I think that he can. And that's the world that I want to live in. And so I get the whole, he played, he had one of the worst seasons ever last year. He started slow this year. He ended slow this year. But I, I just, he's too good and I love him too much to not think that the 46 OPS plus is way more of an aberration than the 176 OPS plus. That's what I'm saying. What are they putting in the water in Waco? Um, you know, I, it's funny is that they actually I mean, like... The world he a whole lot of in. Prozac. They, <laughs> <laughs> Look. I want to believe. I want to believe, Hayden. I really do. You're like X Files. I'm I'm I much believe. more skeptical than you are. That's okay. I understand, and it's and it's honestly. I love Ruggie. I, I, yeah. I love. We I all mean, do. His bat speed when he connects in a home run. Oh, that's sensual. Flies through the zone, and it's yes. so fun to watch. Yeah. But then he misses it a whole lot, and it, it brings you back down thing where he's not good at baseball. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll hope. You know who's good at baseball? Just I Jeffrey Springs, Louis Tion. No, um, Jose Leclerc is still <laughs> the best pitcher in baseball this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. By Statcast's uh, like expected results based off of all the nonsense that they do, it's still Jose Leclerc. He's the real deal. I mean, it, really when, when you talk about the bright spots for 2018, yeah. To me, he is the brightest of all. I mean, uh, above any of the position players that. I mean, we know we've got something special that, you know, barring injury, knock on wood. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> that he, he's going to be doing this. And, and, and he's, he's, not, he's not one of these flamethrower guys that relies on, you know. I mean, he can bring it. He can bring it. But, but it's not all about that. And that's why I'm hopeful. I can see him doing this for a large number of years. And that is very exciting. Yep. 
So when, anytime you bring up a uh, an expected leaderboard and the guy in front is leading by 13 points, that's cool. Uh, Josh Hader's expected weighted on base average at 225. Edwin Diaz, who's incredibly good at 220. And then good old Jose Leclerc at 207. Wow. Jose Leclerc is super good. That's uh, that's the expected Woba? Yes. You know what his and slugging allowed is this season? Two, uh, 225. So 225 would be geez. 20 points better than Edwin Diaz. It would no be 20, way. It would be eight points worse than Josh Hader. Whoa. And where is he? 199. Oh, wow! At least I was in the vicinity. Yeah, but you, you, you were—that was an optimistic number. Better than Edwin Diaz by 20 points. Wow. Still off by 26 points or whatever. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jose Leclerc, real good. If everyone can just turn into Jose Leclerc, that'd be great. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see us try to stretch him out and put him in the rotation. Shut up. Log off. I, I think we should take <laughs> Leclerc, and he should take the rest of the relief corps, and he should take them to the Blue Ridge Mountains and have a and d retreat, and that way they can bond and, and learn from his ways. Mm-hmm. Just learn the change-up. Yep. <laughs> you, just, you just get him alone in a cabin, and there's like nothing else to do. You, like, you can grill out a little no bit. No Wi-Fi. It's kind of cold. Yeah, like, it's getting a little weird, and then you're just doing change-up grips for like four days. <laughs> Blue Ridge, highly recommend it. Real fun. I did not learn the change-up. But... <laughs> he's he's looked really good. Here's here's something Throw that some I thought dice. of just now, um, because of course when you talk about relief pitchers in general, out of, even more so than than starting pitchers, I think, is like the flameout potential and the injury is is super high, and unfortunately we know that all too well. Um, Here's a, here's a dumb brain thing, not supported by any research at all. But since his main off-speed pitch is a changeup, would he maybe be less susceptible to like a UCL tear or something than if he were snapping off a bunch of curveballs and sliders? I think the strongest relationship, though, is still just fastball velocity. Yeah, me too. I mean, like all these guys are harder. trying to throw 110 miles an hour, yeah. and I think that that... But, yeah. Leclerc, the slider too. I mean, it's just different arm angles. Yeah, and that schlitter, I think, is uh, is how. Was it? Be careful, Sullivan. <laughs> I'm, I'm it's okay. Watching. We're on the internet. We can yeah, say anything we want. want. No, I think it, it was. Uh, was it? Uh, who wrote that article on Fangraphs about him the other day? Was it Jeff Sullivan? Does anybody remember? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> some guy. I think it was Jeff Sullivan, who's great. But uh, describe the pitch as a schlitter. Because it's like a change slider cutter, which is great. Because that's what they called it. Uh, was it the Schlitterbahn? <laughs> no. <laughs> Who called it the the Death Ball? It wasn't Tepid originally. Might have been right? Levi. No, I th- I thought it was was it Scott Lucas? Who's Who knows? I, I yeah. think it was, was in Hickory that somebody started calling it the Death Ball, and that's then awesome. Tepid picked it up and reported it over on Lone Star Ball. I don't know. Death Ball is very cool. Death Ball is super pitches cool. It's called Death Ball. It sounds a lot better than Jaro Ball. I was, I was yeah. thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Shooto! It is funny, just like thinking about that pitch and like that, that, that article that you're referencing by, by Jeff Sullivan, it does have uh, some gifts that are just choice. And uh, just thinking about that pitch in my head, like and trying to like chart the movement on it, it just, the movement is where the bat is not. That's basically what it comes down to. Right. And it is 
and, and, and that's and, and that's the thing about Leclerc that I haven't seen from a Rangers pitcher in quite a while is when you watch them pitch and you go, how did the batter miss that? I mean, because it looks like they swung right through it. Yeah, they're they're missing it by millimeters, but he knows it, just. He's just so precise, just pinpoint precision, just to, to put it exactly where he wants it to be. It has been fun. So what do you think the uh, the relief core is going to look like next year? Well, uh, you would hope that it's... Or it's easy to envision it being a lot of the same. A lot of the guys that are already around, so Leclerc, of course. Uh, probably Ricky Rodriguez. Uh, I think Barnett has a chance to just stick around. Kind of inertia being not bad. Um... Springs, if he's not in the rotation, I think will f- certainly uh, be in the bullpen. He's he's pitched actually really well. Um, Pelham has a chance, maybe, although it seems like he's just getting a cup of coffee right now. Um, Sadzek, maybe he's out of options, so he probably at least starts this season uh, in the bullpen. Maybe the guy has been lights out. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like in general, he can't he can't throw strikes and. He, he he's kind of there's a reason why he's making his major league major league debut right now. I know, I know. I'm just saying he's making the most of it. Yeah, five strikeouts in six and a, uh, one third innings, also five walks. But oh yeah, his um, his his uh, whip is somewhere around one point three, I think. It 1. came down to one. Okay, but it was it's down from one point five last week. So hey, it's trending. It's in the trending. Direction. Yes. Yes. No, I just took a look at the, the bullpen and... Yeah, Sadzak has got to be a guy who's going to get a very, very strong preference coming out of the camp because we can't cut him. So, right. Yeah. Or can't option him. I mean, we can cut him. We can cut anybody. We can cut anybody. We can cut me. I'll cut you. <laughs> oh, no. Again, anybody in the oh, Arlington gosh. area... <laughs> when you're hearing this tomorrow... Just check the police blotter. Yeah. That's that's all we're asking. No, anyway, I took a look at, at you know what we have and and what may be coming back and what we're committed to. It's, it's it's really interesting because the only relief pitcher we're actually committed to for 2019 is Chris Martin. And I believe that's at a salary of about 2.25 million. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we really could be bringing back almost the exact same staff, or at least parts of it. Letting go of some. Obviously, I don't think that Matt Moore is going to be a reliever next year. Boy, I hope not. Yeah, yeah. They're obviously they're not going to ex- exercise his option, but we could see uh, a relief core of Sadzek, Leclerc, Barnett, Springs, R- Ricardo Rodriguez, C.D. Pelham, Claudio, Bush, and and Martin. I mean, and, and that's it. That's that's well, all you, you need. Left out Martin Perez. <laughs> Martin no, Perez. All right. No, I didn't. Yeah, it's it's Perez, Cologne, or uh, Matt Moore. You got to choose one. All three of them are Martin Perez. What, what is that? Marry one, F one, or shoot one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's not play that game. <laughs> we can't play that game with Martella Cologne. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Bush... <laughs> Moving right along. It, it, it came out this week that, that Bush, um, he had surgery on his uh, UCL. Mm-hmm. Um, Partial tear. This is not Tommy John surgery, so they are expecting him back um, after the All-Star break. So obviously, we don't have our full relief course set. Obviously, they're going to bring in a bunch of guys that are 
toolsy and maybe rehabbing and having future value, something that we could we could trade for at the t- trade deadline and pick up some more prospects. You know, some of those guys can be sexy. Maybe we'll find another Jesse Chavez mm, yeah. in the making. But, we'll have uh, uh, Sean Tolleson. He's already under contract. Yeah, Sean Tolleson is lying around. He's in the system. Okay. He's the same thing that Edson Volquez is doing, just rehabbing the season. Yeah. I don't know that we should expect Sean Tolleson to ever pitch in the majors again, which is kind of sad because Tolleson was good. Tolly time was He was fun. fun. Yeah. He was fun when, when he had that one year. He was very relatable. <laughs> Baylor guy too. Hey. So extra relatable for some of us. Got him. <laughs> Moving right along. No, um, I think it yeah. is actually because because thing that you were talking about, Mike, earlier is that conceivably Texas could make exactly zero relief free agent moves and still have too many names to be looking at. Yeah. Which is, I, I, I'm not sure that that's good, but it's. Something. I mean, it's. It, it just depends on what their strategy is. Money, yeah. Is their strategy, let's see what these young guys have? You know, I mean, we could see, you know, one of these guys from even high A or double A have a really good spring, you know, and make that leap, you know, make the, the Leclerc leap, you know, to say, okay, let's see what this guy has. Or they could be targeting, like I said, guys that are coming back from an injury or had a down season, but we might be able to get this guy on the cheap. And then flip him for more talent. And a couple of those guys are definitely going to be optionable. Like, I mean, you're not talking about moving a Jose Leclerc, but Ricardo Rodriguez should. This is oh, wait, is this his second option year or his third? I have no idea. His I think he may have one more year. I think he may have one more. If he's got an option year, that's helpful. Um, but Sadzak won't be able to be optioned. But CD Pelham could be up and down. Zach Curtis is a guy I don't think you listed. He's, he was a waiver claim from the Phillies. He's the short guy with the incredibly oh, no. good hair. I'm yeah. fully aware of who that love guy him. is, and I'm not impressed. <laughs> not from I what I've seen. I mean, the hair is great. The hair is good. Yeah, but... Springs is a guy who can be moving around. Uh, Unless I mean, he's put to the starting rotation, which I predict. You, you yeah. can mark this September 20th. I predict... Jeffrey Springs will be in the uh, starting rotation next year. Nine twenty, more like four twenty. <laughs> <laughs> no, that somebody has to start. Somebody it's has to start somewhere. No. <laughs> That's, That's not how that works. <laughs> like, yeah, somebody somebody has to start the game. Space. Yeah, I mean they do. I I I'm not a super fan of stretching out Springs, but no. But again, somebody's got to. He's he's pitched well. He has a good yeah. pitch mix, and he. He's one of those sort of like marginal relief types, and that he doesn't really do anything sexy enough as a short stint reliever that you're like, that guy's got to be in the bullpen. Like that's a late inning guy. Right. And when we had asked him to go, it was at three innings. It's yeah, it was the open done. Yeah. And he's it, fine. It was good. Yeah. Does that mean he can go five or six innings, or you really want like, you know, can he go seven? I don't uh, who knows. think yeah. so. But it's it's a lot like the Mike Miner conversation in that it's a player more valuable giving you some average-ish, like five or six inning starting appearances versus some good to great relief appearances. Now, Miner was a better reliever last year than Springs has been or than he recently projects to be. But if Jeffrey Springs is going to be a fine middle reliever and could be a mediocre starter, which one's more valuable? 
for Texas next year is probably mediocre starter for most teams in most seasons. Well, but, but that's that's not that's that's not what they're looking at. They're looking at what if this guy does have some ups. Oh, and, and yeah, you could dream on it. Right. I don't know how much yeah. you should be. And and on it, but. in the current state of the team, why aren't you just taking some chances like that and just saying, could this guy do something that we totally unexpected? Oh, hey, uh, another big Rangers rundown news. The identity of one of our podcast members has come up as Doug Brokale, who keeps trying to stretch out all of our freaking relief pitchers and turn them into starters. <laughs> is, is actually my... Uh, yeah, Alexia Gondo, Natalia Feliz, Matt Bush, uh, yeah. Mike keeps Tender Shepherds. Don't, don't do that again. Remember that opening day? Do not mention Tanner <laughs> Shepherds again in my presence. Okay, you can't blame all those on Brocale. No, I don't think <laughs> And I, I actually, I, that was mostly just an opportunity to, to throw some shade. But I actually think the stretching out thing is probably not particularly related to some of the pitcher injuries. Uh, pitchers blow out their elbows. I'm not sure that it really matters a whole ton. I mean, workloads do matter, but I don't know if the stretching out has mattered a ton. But Well, the thing is, all these guys were starters at one point. You know, there, yeah. there, there's not a guy that was a, a middle relief pitcher in high school that's being stretched out into being a starter in the pros. Right. Proving wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Max is fiercely banging away on his keyboard trying to yeah. see if he can find someone. But It's Alex Claudio. <laughs> Austin Bivens Dirks. <laughs> he didn't have a spell start until he came up with Texas last year. Uh, actually, I do rip Austin Rivers Dirks and knee surgery. He's, yeah. He's yeah, not a very man. good pitcher, but I really like him. Yeah, yeah I mean, he was he, he was a good story. Year. I mean, yeah. he came up, older guy, no one thought anything of him, and he did all right. He's fine. Yeah, he's made, it, he's made some major league <coughs> money, got to ride it on the chartered planes, uh, I think he's has more than enough time to get the, uh, the MLB pension, and you know, right on, man. Yeah, he we he wasn't too many of those guys. We've had too many of those guys come through. Yeah, in the last few years, that, that, yeah. that's the part. Yeah, like a Chichi Gonzalez that's you know playing in Arizona. What are you this saying fall. about future number two pitcher Chichi Gonzalez? Man, Chichi Chichi's uh, been good in high Sorry, number three or, because or Eddie Butler is going to be the two next year. Eddie Butler, man. <laughs> What the heck? Name I haven't even thought about recently. What the heck? Nor do you need to. <laughs> yeah, Chi Chi. Oh, he's still out There's of some... the game. In 27 and a third innings, Butler's only given up 22 runs. runs. <laughs> 23 runs. Golly. Oh, hey, man. So his 7.2 ERA is pretty bad. But By his... most uh, counts. But it's yes. better than his 8.2 FIP. Yeah, dang it! <laughs> you just stole that right out of Max's lips. That's hilarious. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay, well, that's still not as impressive as his one point seven five six whip. Ooh, that's hey. on up there. Twelve that's and a, a big half old number. For nine. It's a big old number. Uh, is it bad that his walk and strikeout per nine numbers you could confuse? <laughs> Oh man, it's, it's not good. I'm gonna have to. This is this is this is bad. I'm gonna have to put like a roast of Eddie Butler in the podcast yeah. description. Roast. That's what exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking of the roast they do on uh, Comedy Central. This, this. I mean, 
I can I picture him just sitting right there, just taking it all, going, "Really? Can really? we please just not pull up the <laughs> like audio we have of me saying Eddie Butler might actually be good?" Oh yeah, I remember I that. Said that. You're like, like, "Oh man," because. He was a really high problem. draft pick, right? Yeah, uh, he was a good prospect. Yeah, he's a 46 overall pick for in uh, in 2009 by the Rockets. Oh, spoilers! There's nothing. Yay! There. Yay! 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 <laughs> well, I'm gonna go back and edit myself into that podcast, being like, um, and this is uh, satire. <laughs> Spoiler. What is kind of interesting, though, I mean, you would assume we acquired Eddie Butler to be a a good player. Um, he isn't going to be a free agent until 2023, so, like, you know, there's time for him to be good. It's not like it's a Matt Moore situation where it's just like, well, that was fun. Remember the Eddie Butler experience? All there about might, that hashtag team control. Team con- there is some team control. Guys sometimes turn into better players over time, so uh, there is that. take Major League Nelson value Cruz. going forward? Eddie Butler, Adrian Sampson. Adrian Sampson, future Chris Sale. Yes. <laughs> I guess Butler. I was agreeing with you vociferously until you said that. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Hayden, do you have, do you have a pick? Butler versus Sampson. Um, this is an easy answer. I'm just, I'm gonna say Butler. I'm just gonna fall no, into you your but. trap of. Yeah, trap of you gotta go Adrian Sampson because he's much less likely to get the opportunity to produce negative value. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Man, Sampson is just an innocent bystander here. <laughs> innocent bystander with a six point six fifth. Nice. I, I I just imagine for some reason he's listening to this podcast for some reason he's like his locker's next to Eddie Butler and he's just like laughing with his headphones and he's like oh dang they're 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 just killing my boy Eddie right here and then we drop his name he's like wait a minute what <laughs> and he's gonna damn <laughs> yeah but like while we're at it here guys in the Rangers clubhouse uh, Ariel Harada we see you and we would kind we of salute rather you. not. We would rather you... Bartolito. <laughs> Barto. Barto, more time in AAA, though. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. That yeah. wasn't great. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop that. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, let's see. We're at 47 minutes right now. Let's see. Yeah. Let's talk about one other thing, because we're talking about pitchers, because I kind of want to. Um so some reports coming out. Uh, Bannister might not be back next year. You would assume that also includes uh, Doug Brokale and a lot of the other coaching staff. Um, obviously, no, this is Doug Brokale and a mustache and have him pitch. Shut up. Um, it's, it's an off-season discussion. It's just kind of like a kind of a timely thing. But what do you guys think about that? Um, for me. I, I just haven't seen anything from Brokale or Iapusi that tells me that they're helping these young players develop. In fact, from what I've seen, they've done quite the opposite. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're they're responsible for the demise of a, a player like Odor, who's who's played worse or necessarily anything like that. It's just I don't know that they bring anything to the table, and. Bannister being the leader of those guys, you know, 
if he was going to save his own neck, I think that he would have said, "Hey, you know, these guys aren't working out. I don't, we haven't had a we haven't had a good hitting coach in a long time. We haven't had a good pitching coach since Mike Maddox, which God knows why we let him go. I, to, to me, that still was one of the worst things he ever did. Rudy Jaramillo was the pitching or the hitting coach that was the end all be all for years on end. Yeah, and 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 these two guys." Are not even a shadow uh, of those guys. It, it's just, it's time to bring in some new blood. It, it, we've got to try something different because what we're doing now isn't working. And you know, we talked about Bainey's in-game management, which is less than stellar. Um, I mean, of course, he's no Brian Snicker, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just. I disagree with him all the time when watching a game. I think he always leaves pitchers left. He leaves them out there to hang. Well, like, just look at the opener thing. Like, we opened with Jeff Springs and then had him go three innings, or we're opening with, like, Connor Sadzak. And, I mean, it's good to get Connor Sadzak some guaranteed innings, but that's not really how the opener dynamic works for, like, the team that actually makes it work, which is the Rays. That's not where you would use a guy like Connor Sadzak. Right. I don't think this. I think this is actually a fundamental disconnect in the concept to the execution. I mean, we only have. I can think of like one player on the roster who has made significant strides at the major league level that weren't necessarily supportive of what they're doing in the minors, and that's Jose Leclerc, mm-hmm. who was incredibly wild at every level, and then just like figured it out. But a lot of other guys, some of them have progressed. You know, IKF and Guzman make the most sense as guys who have like. Yeah kind of kept their go their progress going mm-hmm. but they they didn't do anything in the majors that they weren't doing in triple a or double a we're just like right we we're just You're surprised right. they didn't do way worse right we're seeing regression or stagnation from most players and you know it's, it's so hard to say if coaching is really moving needles but when no needle, no needles are getting moved at all, right? Like, well, hey, like, why are you here? What are you doing? Right. I mean, the the one big positive that we had in terms of a player's progression, I mean, besides the rookie starting to make moves forward, was Odor wow. recovering from an awful 2017, and it was all attributable to Chu. It wasn't to I suppose you can tell, yeah, yeah. It was him he just working like, out sat with down Chu. and said, "Mrs. Chu said." And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Every day, it's like, well, the coaching staff's not helping me, so maybe I'll go to the best hitter on the team and say, "Hey, what am I doing wrong?" And And, you know, maybe it's not even one hundred percent on like the individuals who are hitting pitching coach. I mean, it's got to be, oops, uh, probably a little bit difficult to, I don't know, make that impact on young players when you're. You're not competing, but you are competing for time with guys like Adrian Beltre mm-hmm. or Shinsu Chu or even Bartolo Colon, who has a lot of respect from players because he's he's got every skill, every wall imaginable. A whole lot. Like, I mean, even Cole Hamill said he was in awe of Bartolo Colon in spring training. Everyone said, like, he walks in, and I mean, obviously the center of gravity does shift when Bartolo Colon enters <laughs> the room. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. But. Players were saying that, like, when Bartolo comes into the clubhouse or he walks into a room or he walks on the field, people just sort of gravitate to him naturally for multiple reasons for physical and for metaphysical reasons. <laughs> and Bartolo, I'm sorry, yes, I couldn't stop doing it. Cologne but, roast. Yeah, he's got he's got charisma. He's got that sort of leadership mentality, and guys like to listen to him talk, and he has things to say. 
And I do wonder if Texas's incredible like clubhouse dynamics don't make it a little harder for some of our coaches, but that's still kind of on them to some extent. Well, you know, it's an interesting point because I saw something on Lone Star Ball today. And it, it Lone struck- Star Ball. Lone that's Star Ball. <laughs> and and it, it made me kind of go, hmm. Because I saw yesterday's lineup and I jokingly made the comment I said it's it's Chew and the Hispanics. It was literally it was Chew and eight foreign born players that are all Hispanic. And we have a lily white coaching staff. And someone made the point they said, Is this racist to say maybe we should have someone on the coaching staff that actually speaks Spanish? And I'm like huh. I'm sure Jeff Banisher speaks some real jacked up Spanish. Okay. With a very okay. funny accent. But but the I other things you thing. hear about Banister is that he's got this John Wayne badass guy attitude and and does it make sense? I mean, Rudy Jaramillo, he spoke more to the hitters than anybody else. I mean he was he was responsible for Pudge, he was responsible for Juan Gonzalez and Rafael Palmero. I mean is this coaching staff maybe a little bit out of touch with the current staff as it's currently constructed? Because we do. We do have a lot of Hispanic players on the team. Hmm. I hadn't thought about that. But it's, it's a good point, especially because like, you consider like the cultural thing as one part, but like the literal kind of the nuts and bolts of the language and communication and like the actual coaching and communication if you can't... I mean... I guess, like, just practically thinking about it, how does Jeff Bannister talk to Jose Leclerc? Like, what does a conversation look like? Because I don't think Leclerc ver- speaks a lot of English. So, you know, that... Or, or in Doug Brocale, same deal. I, I hadn't thought of that. That's a really great point. Yeah, when you were talking about it, it was Chu and the Hispanics. I was like, where are we going Where are we going with, with that? <laughs> but no, I, it is a point that... Texas doesn't seem to be making an effort right now to do that on the managerial level, and well, so it, it, you well, can go beyond that. Look, look at your, your your base coaches. I mean, there's there's no one Hispanic there, is there? No, because um, Beasley's still at third, right? Yeah, yeah. Is it yeah. Wakamatsu? Is it first base? Yeah, I think so. No, Bouchel's first base. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. So well, Wakamatsu. Wider. Wakamatsu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where, where think, is Don Wakamatsu? I think he's right a bench now? coach. Is he the bench coach? I think so. Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, that's right. And he's—I think he's really good, but he's also not make, bridging that gap. And, yeah. and, 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 I, and I don't think you have to get any sort of like weird conspiracy stuff, or even yeah, like necessarily no. a lot of language gaps on it. But if you've got players who have a, a natural linguistic connection to, and then you know, national connection to, if you got younger Dominican players looking up to—I'm staring at them on your desk here, Adrian Beltre, you know arguably the greatest Dominican player of all time, he's in the conversation. <coughs> it, 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 and it makes a lot of sense to some of these young guys coming up. They would know who Adrian Beltre and Bartolo Colon are before they would know who Steve Bouchelle is. Right. Oh, yeah. They don't care that Steve Bouchelle's son plays football. Like, that's not <laughs> important to them. They don't care that Jeff Bannister had that one at bat. <laughs> you know, Bannister's got the leader of men reputation. I'm sure he is pretty good as advertised when it comes to working with these players but I think it is a really interesting point that a lot of these guys are probably going to more naturally look to guys that they have more in common with I do that at work of course. I think everyone does that at work you kind of you, you gravitate towards what 
what's like you. Yeah. Hmm. And, and yeah. that can be like you for a lot of different reasons, but it's still a thing. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I think, more naturally like listen to somebody who I connect with, and I know I can connect with somebody a little more freely when we have more in common, you know, simply. There's the cat. <laughs> you got it. Finally. Nailed it. You can hang up now. <laughs> okay, we were just vamping for the last, like, 30 minutes. Like, where the hell is this cat? <laughs> we were just sitting here passing notes this whole time. Hayden, like, where is the cat? What What are we doing here? Starting we'll to get concerned. It. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, is this actually Hayden? I think it's going to be interesting um, because usually these managerial moves are kind of the first thing in the in the postseason or in, you know after the season ends, and so yes. I think or before, it, yeah, that's true too. I mean, at this point, there's ten games left, so probably not. I but. swear, if we bogart ourselves, oh my god, over the Braves, <laughs> please no. Um, oh. Yeah, it's it's kind of fun because you look at the long, you look down the barrel of a long winter without baseball, and it's extra long because we're not playing in October. Um, and you go, oh well, I guess the winter meetings that might we might do something then maybe I guess. But then uh, hey, there might be like huge kind of organizational shifting news that happens in two weeks. Um, so stand by for that, and um, we'll see what happens. Uh, and then from then you can get a list of names and see who's who's interviewing, and we'll see what happens. But I, you know, it's kind of weird, and and it, that that this kind of seems to be a foregone conclusion, sort of at this point. Um, uh, Bannister, I'd say, is probably gone, and it, it looks like, kind of just like in the clips that I've seen him talking to the media and giving interviews and stuff, he just seems, you can't really blame him, I guess, a whole lot. Baseball season takes a lot out of you, and it's the end of the year, we're not really playing for anything, but he just seems kind of checked out, and you know, that could mean something, that could mean nothing, but um, I think that all signs point to, hey, uh, this actually might happen, so uh, it could mean big nothing. changes. It yeah. could mean something. Signs point to meaning something. <laughs> the fact that the Dallas Morning News and the Fort Worth Star-Telegram both reported that on the same day, yeah, I, I think it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, somebody sent that's, out a group text. Somebody, yeah. like like some just as assistant GM or something, sent out a text. Somewhere like, Tim Bogart is like clawing his way out of a shallow grave, like... <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> God, yes. Wait, and I'm still a little weirded out that after Tim Bogart came in and just won like 400 games in nine tries, <laughs> that we still went with a different guy. And we're like, thanks, Tim. <laughs> you screwed our draft position up. Totally like, screwed our draft pick. Yeah. Uh, uh. I really don't like Alex Bregman. Ugh. I could get used to Alex Bregman as yep. a ranger. Yep. I would have well, used to it by now. That's, that's a, More that's than a, I got used to Dylan Tate as a Texas Ranger. Oh, <laughs> oh ow. That would hurt. Do you want to bring up anything else? Like while you're just, you know, do you want to put the, plunge the knife in another time? <laughs> you got to talk about the Gulf sign quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, what's up, Indy Chavez? There it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> mm. Good night. <laughs> bring it. Okay, I'll end it right there. <laughs> Actually, no, no, I won't. No, I won't. No, no, no. Okay, you so let's uh, give this a proper send up. We're yeah. going to have a badass baseball weekend. Yep. Max is in town. Yep. We're going to the game. We're going to see Beltre's last game. Everybody should be going out. If you're listening to this Friday morning, you should definitely be looking on StubHub, get you some tickets, go see Beltre play one last time. They are not expensive. No. <laughs> no. No. They no, started no. like five bucks. 
Yeah, you might get two dollars. We got lower bowl infield for what was it? Um, twenty five? Like twenty twenty five? Yeah. 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 We're right past the dugout. That's gonna be awesome. Third base side, right? Yeah. It's gonna be nice. Good seats. Yeah. Gonna be fun. And and if. if you are at the game or if you're not, you can follow uh, Mike and Max on Twitter at uh, Rangers Rundown because hopefully one of you will be producing some content for the internet and for the people. Oh, I'm a content. Yeah. Content hard. And it, <laughs> hey, hard. hey, and for real, enjoy enjoy your time at the stadium because uh, if I remember, like, you've never been, right? I have, yeah. It's been it's been over 20 years, though. His okay. wife's never been. Okay, so. Yeah, so we mean, are going to, my wife has to do a dilly dog. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's bad. She loves pickles and she loves hot dogs and she likes the idea of putting a hot dog <laughs> inside into of a, a pickle. corn dog. <laughs> and then when you add all those things together, she has it's been a lot of conversation about dilly dogs. <laughs> like a week. Like we have plotted out where they are in the ballpark and if they're not available on this last time stand Someone's gonna die. Oh no! And it might be me. <laughs> so again, if you're listening to this podcast, like welfare check me. Some of you know my address. Just send the cops by. If I'm not home next week, well, look for you somewhere in Arlington Forest. We'll pour. We'll pour yeah. out a forty ounce for you. That's fine. That's yeah. actually that I'm that'll make up for it. <laughs> Like mix my ashes with a forty and sprinkle it around. Yeah, it'll be good. I'm fine with it. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make a, a trip out of the ballpark tomorrow night. Gonna get that dilly dog. Uh, I'm gonna probably make some poor culinary and alcoholic decisions. That's gonna be good. I'm looking forward to it. Good times. I'm gonna see Adrian Beltre hit six home runs. Yes. At least, according to Hayden. Look, he it, can't defend it, himself because he's logged off. No, I'm still here. He, I will never log off. I'm, <laughs> I'm drill. Um, yeah, there we go. I was coming. Show someplace. yourself, cowards! I will never drop. Off. I will never log off. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, all I'm saying is that Beltre just needs to see 25 pitches between yes. now and the end of That's September. That's all he needs. And no, it, watch, watch it is like possible. Watch him like 23 home runs and then just intentionally walk out the rest of the way. Oh it's my like, gosh. Come on. <laughs> Or, or on, on the 25th swing, he pulls his hamstring, and he's done. <laughs> hey, is it, is it, I think, you know what, I think that it is a rule. I think that if um, you hit, because this happened to Gabe Kapler like a couple years ago. I think it was Gabe Kapler. If you hit a home run, but then you injure yourself around the bases, and you have to get subbed as a pinch runner, I think, I think, I think that the pinch runner gets credit for the home run. Oh wow! That might, oh that's my god! One of those like run Adrian Beltre every time someone gets a <laughs> so every, every time Gal, Gallo yeah. comes to the plate, they're like Beltre, get up! Yeah, <laughs> Gallo's gonna fake the get injury. Get on, <laughs> and you'll be the pitch runner. Perfect. Okay. You know, it, I, I remember. I, I'm gonna look this up, and I'm gonna find the answer after we stop if that's recording. That's true. We really need to stop starting Adrian. Keep him on the bench, and then just be like. Uh, Elvis, you're out. Boom! Like uh, just fall down, crash yeah. in a second. Like just anybody hits a home run. Yeah. Beltre's the pinch runner. Yeah, get, get in there, bro. Yeah, we're gonna. I got it. Like we seven got home runs in a game. We got somehow. this. <laughs> we, why are we not managing the Texas Rangers? We know when to pull the relievers. Of course, we don't care about when to pull the starters respect because we know they won't respect us. So we don't have to like waste time earning it. <laughs> we know how to. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, out of Pintron, Adrian to get free home runs, which everyone will respect because that's God's work. And dollar dilly dogs. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> we will not be able to get rid of my wife. She will not leave the ballpark. She will not log off. <laughs> yeah. Alright, it's time for us to log off. Yes. It's it's time for the Carloses to bid adieu. So, from uh, everyone's favorite Rangers, Carlos Perez, and Carlos Tochi, and ex Ranger, Carlos Gomez. Cargo. Adios. Good cargo. Uh, Good night, guys. You're just triggering me now. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey.